This is Quarantine Chronicles, episode 21, for March 7th. To my virtual left, Jason. Hello. To my virtual right, Angel. Hello. And today, I'm actually not sure what we're going to talk about because uh, our docket is kind of empty compared to most days, but you know what? We are going to talk about WandaVision. That oh, might yeah. take up a, uh, a huge chunk of what we talk about today. Oh, and I have a lot to say about that one. The one you've seen 20 minutes of, Angel. Psycho. (laughs) Uh, But regardless of what we talk about, we will have timestamps in the blog post. And where else do the timestamps come up in? They They are under the the, uh... YouTube video. And they, I think, are in some of the notes on some of the podcast apps if they put the full post and not the little excerpt. Mm. So your best Mm. bet is the website. Your second best bet is YouTube. And it's a total crapshoot if it's going to be on your podcast app. How (laughs) much (laughs) does that bother you? To have to drive people to our website? Not at all. No, just just how I make banners the, ra- the there, randomness of of where oh, stuff shows up. I mean, it's true to our name, isn't it? Right, Ram Nintendo. Yeah, so, but will I, you see notes? Like, will you not see notes? That's some of the fun. We just be standard Nintendo if the notes are standard everywhere. Hmm. Hmm. Actually, no, name. it does kind of bother me. I'm I'm, I'm masking the pain. Uh, standard it does, Nintendo. It does kind that, of bother. That me. almost feels more appropriate for something Jason would have been running. Standard. Name well, the the name goes back to high school for me, so the name doesn't even the name like is just a legacy thing at this point. We're not that random. I mean, QC's pretty random, but Speaking like the name random, stemmed from on the old site when I was in high school. I used to, it was just a hodgepodge of Nintendo things I liked or made, so it was just a random collection of Nintendo things. Oh, so speaking you're of saying, random, speaking of random, yeah, yeah, completely off topic, but um, on Spotify, like I gathered the songs for. That were on um that were on Elite Beat Agents, you know your your Michael Jackson's. Well, pretty much the non-cover versions, because I don't think I could find the actual cover. AKA versions. the originals. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not the originals to me. I actually oh, heard them. I, I heard some of them for the first time in I'm yeah through Elite Beat Agents. Really scared you're about to say, man, these versions suck. It's all about those they're, covers in Elite Beat Agents. I gotta see um, the songs on this. On this, I gotta see this track list. I mean, for the most part, I would say I think the original sound better, but that also might be because you know they have much better sound quality than what the DS had. Um, and you know, like the covers are trying to sound like them as much as possible for the most part. Mm-hmm. So there's that. The only one that kind of stands out as like a whoa, this was way different than what we had in in Libid Ages was. Um, the last song by the Rolling Stones, uh, what was it called? Da-da. Jumping Jack Flash. In in the DS game, it's much, much faster. It's like almost like twice the speed or maybe three times the speed. But hmm. as you know, the original song is like, it feels like they're singing in slow motion to me, just like coming from that, that I kind of prefer the up-tempo one. But I think that's the only exception. Um, but yeah, the only reason I brought it up is just because I have the whole set list and... Yeah, like sometimes they just randomly come out when I shuffle my likes songs. Mm-hmm. Um, that one from Ashley Simpson came out. Uh, I forgot the song. Uh, yeah, look at the track list right now. This is some track list. It's, it's, it's all a over wild the place. roller coaster <laughs> all of, of music. Wait, the Ashley Simpson song that she ended up doing a hoedown to at uh, SNL when she was caught lip syncing? Not that one. I remember no. that one, that was being like a slower tempo song. This one is. Uh, I remember this song. Specifically. I had a it? huge crush on 
uh, Ashley Simpson, when she had that whole reality TV show on MTV, I had a huge crush on her. She had that emo phase. She had that emo look to her. Oh, I loved it. Uh, oh, the song was, is called the La song? La. La La. So yeah. you're saying yeah, that she... And isn't the chorus like, you make me want a La La, which I guess is what you're saying about Ashley Simpson and you? Yeah, I'll be your French exactly. maid. Some other things. Throw me... Yeah, you'll be your French maid. Yeah, so when that song came up and I was listening to it, for some reason, my first thought was like, oh, this is like Jason's relationship to Apple and Nintendo. What? <laughs> you're being Ashley Simpson. Expand. But, yeah, <laughs> I need more here. Um, cause the song is pretty much just like, do whatever you want with me. I am yours. Have fun. Kind of deal. Okay. Um, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> I'm, I don't disagree. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me get the lyrics up here. Ashley Simpson. <laughs> I did. We did. We did break this down. I mean, come on. You said we had but, no but, yeah, but so we're it, breaking it, it, this it, down. But it was just a thought. Like, it was just like a random thing I thought, like, the other I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. What are some of these lyrics? You can dress me up like in diamonds. You can dress me up in dirt. You can throw me like a line man. I like it better when it hurts. Exactly. I do love. I am a glutton for <laughs> Nintendo's punishment. I am a glutton for Nintendo's punishment. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's, yeah. it's a little, it's a little extreme version, but I think it captures um, your relationship pretty well. You can throw me like a boomerang. I'll come back and beat you up. Yeah. No, I will. If Nintendo, I will. What Nintendo yeah. does, you I will follow, but then I will criticize it on the podcast. It's true. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You take the abuse that was the uh, <laughs> Wii U years. So. Yeah, and I mean, and I fully was like, "Hey, the Wii U has some some perks." It's like you know, I I did. I they can dress me up. They can do whatever, and I'll I'll roll with it. But I will criticize after the fact. You still keep with, going. You dealt with. I am you at, have to deal with the, get the pins. Yeah. I that's true. I have both sets of pins sitting here. Actually, I I am the Ashley Simpson of the Nintendo world. I don't know how that makes me feel. <laughs> I really need to like one more. Yeah. I just go look at myself in the mirror and be like, I'm the Ashley Simpson of Nintendo, and have to like accept that. Yeah, I don't think the Wikipedia a... page for the <laughs> Ashley Simpson show is way more detailed than it needs to be. <laughs> well, are they describing what she wears in each episode or something? No, but it's like I would think that the Wikipedia page for a show like this wouldn't really go this in depth as to what happens in each episode. Mm. Like it's it's a little too long to be completely honest. I, this this Wikipedia page, I'm sorry, Ashley Simpson does not deserve the little detail that it has. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Have you seen the Wikipedia page for Lala? I'm scrolling still. I've been scrolling since you started talking. It's like, oh yeah, this is way too long like, too. It's like it's like a small novel. It's like who? When was this last update? I mean, someone really liked it. This page was last edited on the 18th of January, 2021. How? Why? Who? who? Why? What? I wonder like, if I can is... see. I can't see the most recent edit either. Jesus. Nah, you have to be logged into Wikipedia to see that. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, view history. Duh. Let's see what they do. Uh, we need to know the they... most recent change, and only the most recent change. I think. Let's see. Applied CIS template. Cleanup formatting. Oh, boring. Replacing print. Yeah, that's boring. Is there anything that is like juicy content that was added after the fact? Release history. I didn't know that you can like upvote or downvote. Oh, never mind. I thought this was upvoting, downvoting edits that that happened. Never mind. It's just how big the. When did this page get too big? Probably like. Actually, no. Apparently, it's been this big always. Yeah, because the. Oh wait, no. Hold on. Let me see. No, I guess it's just been this big forever. Hmm. 
Nope, no, 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 no. I'm huh. so wrong. Yeah, because it went from like 7,000 bytes to now it's 2,100 bytes? No, 21,000 bytes. That's so like, back in 18,000 too many, in my opinion. Yeah. No, okay, yeah. That's, I don't I know do who's question, that though. dedicated to Ashley Simpson that they had to update her songs Wikipedia. I mean, I, I can relate because if I'm the Ashley Simpson of Nintendo, as has now been declared, um, I write so much on the podcast outlines. So if I were to make a Wikipedia page, it'd probably be triple that. Ha- have you so. ever updated or corrected something on a Wikipedia page that was Nintendo related that you were no. like, oh, this is wrong. No. I need to. I have my limits. There. The most I've done, and I don't think I've ever told a story on air. The most I've done is when I was in high school and I was a moderator for Nintendo forum and I was a sage with them, meaning, you know, they're like, you're a big fan. I felt like I owed them telling them that there is a mall kiosk at my mall that had pirated N64 games. I'm not kidding. You know, remember those like all in one <laughs> console? <laughs> Remember those all-in-one yeah. consoles um, that they used to have at the mall? I went to Nintendo's piracy website and like reported it because I was like, they've given me so much. It's only fair I return it. And uh, I per- continued to be there for three more years during the holidays, so clearly it didn't work. Oh. But yeah, I, I, narked, I narked to Nintendo. Yeah, snitches get stitches, bro. Like, I've, I've never gotten a stitch in my life, so clearly I came out unscathed. Well, I know I'm going to like walk outside and get hit by like a Mack truck or something today now, but yeah, well, it, uh, three cats now. So maybe it's a matter of time. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten, I got a scar from one of them, but yeah. Um, but I, I have a question actually, since you, since we're all posing questions, you brought up covers versus originals. Is there a song for either of you guys where I guess jumping Jack Flash for you, Angel, but Kevin, since you're more of a music follower is there a song where you prefer the cover over the original or is it always the original for you no oh god no uh come on <laughs> johnny cash hurt is oh. much better than uh yeah nine inch nails version there, there's there's probably a couple of others too i uh shadow play by the killers i'm not a huge uh joy division fan but i prefer the killers version of uh shadow play mm. yeah. and and I don't know if it counts as a cover, but I have started to enjoy the the Kanye version of Stronger more than the original. It's not a cover, it's a sample, but I appreciate that as a fan. That's why I said I don't know. Mr. West. Yeah. I know, I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, it's a, you. it's a sample. You're welcome. Actually, Daft Punk helped on this. It wasn't just he sampled them, he worked with them on it. And then he had Timberland oh. come in and do the So he was like, it. I got an idea. Let's exactly. Collaborate. Yeah. Oh. And and then Tim Timberland randomly did the drums uncredited. So don't worry now. Justin Timberland? No, no, no. The producer for Justin Timberlake. So if, if you're combining them into a super group because Timberland <laughs> produces Timberlake, then yes, Justin Timberland. But Whatever uh, happened to Timberland? He used to be huge, dude. He and then went he, on to make shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, um, he he's right? still producing stuff. He produced 2020 Experience with Timberlake. He um, he does some other stuff. But yeah, I think he, he had that moment in pop where it was like Nye Furtado and Timberlake and him and they were everywhere, like 2006 to eight roughly. And then he kind of, I think he got a little, like once he hosted the VMAs as a, like a producer turned host, things got a little weird. I think he got a little too much exposure and his sound was all very similar. So he kind of stepped back. He, he did some solo albums. One did well, Shock Value. The second one, Shock Value 2, kind of had a ton of collaborations but did not catch on the same way. And I think that's when he sort of stepped back and realized he Are you looking exposed. at the Wikipedia or did you just No, know I know this. this. I oh, know this. Uh, why do you know this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I know this. Were you but a Timberland fan? see how fan? I could write a... Re- what? 
Not particularly. Were you, were you a fan? <laughs> not particularly. Oh, I mean, I remember the, the thing. You know, for things you're not particularly. I a have, fan. I have some of his songs, but that's about it. But the reason, like, I remember the VMA aspect of it is because um, he did like this really weird. He was hosting, and he's like, "Check it out. This is what I do." And he was like in a club at the Palms because that year the VMA was at the Palms, like scattered around the hotel. Um, and he just started like fake DJing. Like he clearly wasn't DJing. But they had like a track set up for him and he was like producing, like pressing things, but nothing synced up. And then it randomly started interjecting, here's the tie in, a Linkin Park sample. And I'm like, what is happening? And then Linkin Park was behind him in the smoke and they performed a surprise performance and he like introed them with his fake DJing. So that's why I know he hosted the VMAs. What song did they play? Bleed It Out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, It was was that that album cycle. It was Midnight 2000, VMAs 2007, like August or so. Their last season's album. Ooh. Is there a Lincoln Park Ooh. cover that you Ooh, like I don't know more? That one. Uh, a Lincoln Park cover? Yeah. Or... Um, there, you know what was interesting? I didn't like it more, but I thought it was kind of interesting that. Um, so they did the song New Divide for Transformers, right? Uh, and it was uh-huh. a big hit for them. And then when Alita Battle Angel or whatever had its first trailer, it did a cover of New Divide by some female singer Wait, who was in. Really? Yeah. It's it, it was like mixed in with the trailer. It wasn't a like the song's like a minute and a half long or something. But they did a this woman did like this slowed down dramatic cover of New Divide and I was sitting there thinking like, never mind that's a cover of a Lincoln Park song. It's so weird that a song made for a movie was then covered for another movie instead of just either using the song again or like making a new song. Like they commissioned someone to do a cover of a song specifically tied to an entirely different movie. Which was just very strange. I'm sure it's not the first time, but it just it stuck out to me. But yeah, it mm. uh, yeah, I, I, I covers for movies actually. I do kind of like. I don't know if I listened to it on its own, but in the context of the trailer, I thought the Radiohead Creep cover for. Social I was literally Network. about to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, I thought that's I think that's one of my favorite cover. Like, it's just so I cool. think that's the original yeah. example. Like yes, yes. After that so. song, every trailer then decided to do a somber take on some huge mainstream yep. song. Yep, it's it's very much like how the Inception horns led to every trailer having a in it, like that was the same thing, and how every poster also like the social network now slaps words across someone's face like vertically. It's it's yeah, trendsetter. Yeah, that reminds me yeah. of a uh, Mr. Robot's first season poster, which I thought was terrible, and half the reason why I didn't watch that show back when it originally aired, the Our Democracy Has Been Hacked poster. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I it was straight up the social lame. network poster. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, honestly, the it's tricky. Mr. Robot's such a weird show because, like, you can't sell it without it sounding hokey. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you can't be like, oh, it's about this guy and he hacks and he stops and he's, like, trying to save democracy and he's kind of like a robber. Like, and they want to, like, give money to the people and empower. It's just like, what? Like, that sounds so – but it's so good. I remember like, trying to sell it to Angel's brother. I was like, he, he's basically Batman for the internet. And I had to, like, <laughs> stop myself. I was like, okay, that – that didn't sound as terrible in my head. <laughs> That's a great description. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's funny because that show, like, I think after the first season and people that watched it from day one, like myself, were like, oh my god, like, and then it started getting some award buzz and that's when it started. People going, okay, maybe it's a real thing. But I mean, even the show name, Mr. Robot, it's about a hacker. It's just like on the surface, it's on USA, like on the surface, none of those things sound like they're going to make a good show, but. I mean, good. it still doesn't, but. But it's yeah. a good show. USA had that on, I think, after... Is it on a streaming service? Uh, okay. It's on Amazon it's... Prime now. Yes, yeah, it's on Amazon seasons. Prime, all of it. Highly maybe recommend. I'll, maybe I'll check out the last episode. Season two's a bit of a swerve and a bit slower, but it 
all pays off in the end. Like, yeah. it, it's good. It's good. Oh, cool. I mean, well, for a good finale. Last episode. That's not going to. Oh, God. The last oh, episode. Oh, no. Definitely. No, do, do not. It barely will, makes sense for people that that did watch the, COVID, the show. I will break COVID guidelines and drive to your house and pull, unplug whatever you're watching on if you try and start with the finale. I'm literally going to do that tonight now. It just sounds too interesting. Oh, I'm not, I'm not actually going to break COVID guidelines. That's crazy. But <laughs> pretend I am and don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll I'll talk about it on the next episode. Oh, I, all right. Well, I mean, now that he brought it up, uh, just watching the last episode, the finale, the series finale, aptly titled of Oh no, we're not doing this. We got to do the uh, SoCal COVID update. Oh, Jason, yes, the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I I need something like happy because things are getting better. Uh, I don't well, know. Down COVID, to a thing. I don't know. That I mean, it's literally the same thing for the six time. episodes. Hold on, it, it's go, funny go, because it, you specifically break in between the co and the vid. Co, vid. Because I think I think I'm hesitating when I start the co to know. Oh, this is bad. But then I have to deliver the vid because it's always like the co has more strength in it than the vid usually. Too. I'm always like co. All right, come on, vid. give us the jingle. No one wants to hear this part. All right. <laughs> All right. When you're feeling uh, sick and ain't a trick, it might be COVID. There, better. <laughs> That's not why I don't terrible. Do it. <laughs> it's good it's good for what it is it's it's yeah. the uh it's the it's the uh all along from wandavision but for covid yeah exactly um okay so specifically here in los angeles things are getting better uh yes since sir. the last episode well things have been naturally uh getting better since the start of the year surprisingly uh i don't think we saw a huge spike after new year's right we we sorted it like Christmas New Year's was like a wash of bad, but it started getting better like early February, like after those cases, you know, because it takes two three weeks to gestate, and that started getting a little better. Yeah, and uh, well, now it looks like Newsom might be getting closer to reopening the uh, most of the state, uh, yeah. including Los Angeles, and uh, Garcetti saying that uh, LA is on the verge of moving to the red tier as soon as this week. Mm-hmm. This upcoming week, I guess. I don't know how I feel about that. It, yeah, it's it's tricky because it's like it. We we're going in on like a year of this now, right? So, which is wild. Remember the three week lockdown is now a year long. But um, so we're like program like our brains are now wired to think, oh, opening up is bad. But theoretically, like in six to eight weeks, they're administering uh, two million vaccines around America a day right now. So in like six to eight weeks, is it bad? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to think anymore. Like, my brain's all, like, out of whack because the concept of opening up sounds horrible at this moment in time. But by the time, like, Disneyland's apparently going to reopen on April 1st in a limited capacity, like, by the time that stuff rolls around, what's it look like? Because they're saying um, they'll have enough vaccines for every adult in America by end of May, which is two months ahead of the last time we talked about this when Biden was saying July. Like, that's speeding up, what's especially the... with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So it's kind of like percentage uh, success for those. Though. Like, are they the, still the vaccines? As good as the other ones? Yeah. So uh, Moderna and Pfizer are in the ninety percent range, um, and Johnson and, and Johnson continue to be available the, to able They are available, but you know, it's it different sites no, no, yeah, different yeah. ones. Um, so Moderna and jo- Johnson Johnson or Moderna and Pfizer, which are the two dose, are available pretty much everywhere um, if you can sign up, and those are in the ninety percent range. Then the Johnson & Johnson one is about 70% effective, but is one dose. Now, the catch with all this is the effectiveness is referring to getting COVID. With Johnson & Johnson, if you end up getting COVID, 100% success rate as of now 
in terms of not dying and not going to the hospital. Same with Moderna and Pfizer. So if you're okay with getting like a mild flu, Johnson Johnson seems like an okay choice, and it's no different than if you got a flu a few years ago. I mean, obviously, COVID has can kind of kick you when you're down, but the point is, it's not going to hospitalize you; it's not going to kill you. So some people are willing to sell for that, and they're, and they're actually diverting a lot of the Johnson Johnson ones specifically towards uh, teachers and whatnot, so they can get kids back in school sooner without the teachers being at a major risk. Um, we'll see how it pans out. I mean, the other angle that makes it hard for me personally to know how I feel about it is there's all these different strains of coronavirus now, right? Like there's like the South African variant and the Brazilian variant and this and that next thing. Some of those aren't as uh, effectively nipped in the bud by the vaccines. So if you have the Pfizer vaccine, uh, I was just reading this yesterday, it's like something like your the effectiveness of it drops fourfold if you have like the South African variant hit you. If you have the Moderna vaccine, it drops like sixfold. Uh, so, you know, from 9% to whatever. And it, they apparently Moderna is making a booster shot. So there's going to be a third Moderna shot that you need to take if you get Moderna. Uh, that will then address that specific variant. And it's just going to be this cat and mouse so game like for a, a while. So like a patch? Or yeah, essentially. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's, they're cyberpunking it where they have to fix it after the fact. Um, mm. but it's, it's hard to say like how safe, like I really don't know anymore. I used to be like, oh, you got to lock down, but now I'm kind of like, well, if the majority of people get vaccinated, sure, but then there's these other strains, so do you not? Like, CDC has guidelines on vaccination coming out, I think, next week for people who are vaccinated, so maybe that'll shed some light. But right now, I'm just kind of like, in my opinion, it feels premature to open stuff this week, but I feel like in a month or two, it makes sense. Like, Texas going all in, 100%, everything open, no mask required, makes zero sense to me. But, like, yeah. you know, the kind so of staggered opening. Yeah, uh... it's, it sucks feel bad because and and the worst part is um like there's a lot of people even within texas of course who are wanting to abide by it like a lot of stores in texas are still going to require masks um alma draft says they are target says they are you know a bunch but um still it's just like it's really hard to enforce when someone can go but the government says i don't need to and they're just gonna storm the store anyway which they did before regardless as protests quote unquote so um, I feel bad for people that are trying to adhere to being safe while still trying to do their grocery shopping or whatever. So it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird, wacky few months. But it seems like to me, at least, there is light at the end of the tunnel, which is kind of nice. But and like the tunnels coming, we're coming towards the end of the tunnel. But it just seems like yeah, people might be jumping the gun a few weeks or months. I don't know. It's it's it. I really don't know how to assess it anymore. Like I, I had such a mindset and now it's all scrambled because every there's all these different factors that i'm not a professional i don't know how to account for so yeah that's my hot take are either of you uh close to getting the vaccine or at least your parents my dad has gotten both doses both doses of the uh pfizer moderna moderna gotcha yep yep over my mom already, and like my mom already got both doses of the pfizer as well as my brother because um he's still like employed as um my sister and my sister's autometry clinic so, oh yeah what's uh what's funny though is um not not about that that's good but what's funny is my mom is uh it pays to help out clients does but yeah my mom is just under the 65 and over so she was gonna be in the next group and then la per you know by the administration's hey let's get educators vaccinated so we can get schools back up and running <laughs> she was gonna be the next group and then like just kidding educators come on down and she's like oh all right she's literally like nine months short of being old enough to get it in the current group 
So she's just kind of sitting around like, well, I guess I'm not going to get vaccinated anytime soon. But, but then again, at the rate. uh, Educators list, Jason, we educate the people every Mm, week on this podcast. I wonder if I could submit, there's like a website. There's like a website for like putting your field in and everything. I wonder if we could put random town podcast. That'd be funny. Yeah, we. I put all my information on in that website, and they're like, "No, dog, you do not deserve this thing." They're like, "You have a cartoon render of yourself in the header. You're not legit, (laughs) or whatever." Yeah, Uh, yeah. But it. it, I mean, at the rate that J and J is rolling out, and the other two, I mean, two million doses a day, it's it's sooner rather than later for like the rest of the population. It feels like. I mean, if they if they're saying by end of May they'll have enough vaccine for everyone in America, every adult. you know, that's eight weeks from now, ten weeks from now. That's very soon. Yeah, fingers so, crossed. For sure, yeah. And, uh, man, we might be able to end this podcast before uh, before the year, before its year anniversary. So we'll see. I don't know about that because <laughs> not everything's well, going to be 100% how back to normal. Like, how long until the end of May? Uh, like ten weeks. And our and this turns a year in April, I think. But, 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 just because of April? Isn't it? Maybe it's May. Oh, maybe it's June. I don't even know. But um, it was June. It might have been June. Yeah. Just just because, and this is the thing the CC is going to say probably is just because people are getting vaccinated doesn't mean we're 100 percent back to not wearing masks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so in a weird way, I feel like we're going to keep this going as quarantine chronicles because we're still not at normal society. We're we're still kind of locked in in some capacity. So, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Now, I guess let's get into the fun stuff. Well, I don't know how, I don't know everybody's opinion on this, but, uh, now I guess we can talk about WandaVision. Spoiler uh, alert. Uh, I guess we'll There's start with... There's no way with... we can't really, yeah, I mean, it's... No, you... I only well, know I, spoilers. I mean, he only knows spoilers, that's my point. <laughs> okay, well... That's okay, you guys can talk about other stuff first. Let's talk just general feelings about the season me and you Jay, i guess you angel whatever you felt wow. coming out of like, coming out of that you know, final honestly, episode Kevin, um, they did like... give me a recap at the beginning so i feel like i am pretty wait wait, wait. you watched the last 20 minutes but you got a recap at the beginning so you actually watched like 21 minutes you liar i mean when i turned it on it said previously on wandavision right, i'm like sure right. i'll check this out um i feel like for me my general feeling is going to tie into the spoil. like i don't know how to discuss it without talking about spoilers because i feel like the spoiler the things that happened are what made me feel how i feel if that makes sense Mm. um okay well i guess unless i mean kevin if you have general thoughts you go first go first no yeah uh i thought it was i obviously we we did the uh the podcast when it originally premiered back what in january yep and there i wasn't feeling too hot especially those first two episodes i was warming up on the third episode and then as the show went along i progressively got maybe got some i i, I generally warmed up to the show and mm-hmm. was definitely feeling like man this show could actually go to some interesting places and then the series finale i was like oh mm-hmm. okay well so I didn't feel like the ending stuck the landing, and because of that, it kind of salted the the rest of the show for me a little bit. So I don't know. I I feel like at the end of the at the end of the day, I'd probably give this like a six out of ten, a seven out of ten, being generous. Uh, yeah, I think I it, it's interesting because I think, and this I don't think it's bored, but I think the thing it did stick the landing of is ultimately what the show is trying to be. It felt like at least 
higher higher level here is uh, a story about Wanda's grief and how she faced it and how she tried to overcome it. And I feel like that part of the show worked. Like, I feel like that part of the show, it achieved what it needed to do. The way that they decide to put the pin at the end of her grief, like one way versus another, which we'll get into in a few minutes, I feel like regardless of how they did it, the, the fact is the journey of how she got to that grief and got to that final episode was still pretty strong. So I'm content with that. Like, I thought that was good. Um, but then everything that kind of happened around it is where things got kind of weird for me and how they chose to play out certain aspects of how her grief, like the ripple of it, so to speak. That's where things got kind of odd. So like, I think if they went, we want to do a show about Wanda's grief, boom, 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 boom. They nailed, you know, like her burying herself in the TV shows and all that. Um, but then it's like when they tried to go beyond that, that's when it sort of got strange. Like it, it worked. Like, it felt very MCU. Like, it kind of did what it needed to do in the way that the movies do, but it definitely felt, like, sort of, like, not what it could have been. Like, there was untapped potential there. And I think a lot of it had to do with pacing. Like, I feel like um, the last episode... Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like, literally based on what both of you said, like, it literally sounds like I made the best choice by just watching... Like, not just the last episode, but, like, the last, like, 20... Well, I'd, I'd say the opposite. No, 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 I'm no, saying no. everything that led up to the last episode of Wanda exploring her I'll, situation I'll, I'll, was more I'll, interesting I'll, than I'll the last episode. I'll, I'll explain in a sec, I guess. I mean, if you don't care, time. Angel, if you don't care about Wanda or Vision, you just want to know the outcome of, like, all right, what happens next in the MCU, certainly the last episode is, like, here you go. Here's what's going to Here's how this is... Here's what you need to know for Phase 4, essentially. But it felt so disconnected from, like, how they got there. Like, it felt like – like, the way – I feel like I'm going to drift into spoilers here, but I feel like the show um, – Okay, let, let's just go into spoilers. Let's, okay. Let's, let's, I was going to say, I feel like the show started off very much focusing on, like, let's sub- – here's some classic TV tropes. We're going to slowly kind of subvert those and make them weird and make them kind of, like, dark. Like, it will be, like, haha, silly sitcom, but, like, under it, there's, like, this undercurrent. And then, like, it slowly started pulling back on the TV tropes and replacing them with like MCU normal Marvel tropes, but it didn't do them in like a subverting way. It's just like, Oh yeah, these are just the Marvel tropes now. You know what I mean? Like it, especially the last episode, like I don't think they needed necessarily, like they were so good at like, Hey, here's what like a TV show was like at that time. And then here's what's going on behind the scenes. Here's what Wanda's going through. Here's this next thing. And then by last episode, it's just like, so how about a big CG fight? Everyone loves those in the MCU. It's like, Uh, felt a little out of place. And, and you, I don't even think that's fair or, or just in general, correct. Because one of the biggest criticisms that the Marvel movies always get is the fights usually devolve into punch, punch, shoot, shoot, and usually with characters that are exactly the same in some way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was speaking to Elvis about this. In Black Panther, you got Black Panther versus Black Panther. In mm-hmm. Iron Man, you got Iron Man versus Iron Man. Uh, Ant-Man. What else? <laughs> Ant-Man, yeah, versus another Ant-Man. Yeah. And, and it's to witch see and witch. This... Doctor Strange versus another Doctor Strange. Yeah, and then to see this show go from this pretty interesting sort of I wouldn't go as far as to say character study but Essentially, going I mean, from this actually right like especially the episode before the finale I felt like like really digging into her past side character study oh uh, and I, I think that episode was the best episode of the oh uh, for sure yeah it made me actually care about show. it a lot more yeah yeah um but yeah going from something a little bit more introspective to which versus which vision versus vision I thought was so so lame Mm-hmm. And I had the sinking feeling ever since the, uh, I believe it was the post credit scene of the last episode where 
you yeah. see white vision being constructed. I was like, oh, that's where they're going with this. What um, I appreciate from that though is the vision vision battle while it took, while it was a minute or two of like, so, yeah. you know, oh, they're flying around. It became like a dueling of wits, which felt more in character at least. Like it was like, you know, yeah, they talk that, about that theory of like what is the real thing. And like, I was like, okay, at least like Paul Brittany's doing his Paul Brittany thing, just two of him. But, Paul um, Bentley. or Paul Bentley, Brittany. not Brittany. <laughs> yeah, Bentley, thank you. Come on, Jason. But yeah, like it, uh, yeah, the witch witch stuff was a little. I mean, Catherine Hahn, like, I, I think she's getting a lot of stuff, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, a little bit like, okay, it's just Marvel trope. And it's not even like clever, like how they did the other tropes. It's just Marvel tropes at this point. Yeah. Angel, considering that you only saw the last episode, what did you think? So, like, as a passive Marvel fan, like, I don't necessarily watch these out of, like, I guess, obligation. Necessity. necessity. Yeah, necessity. Like, I, I, I can either, like, I could have just not watched this. It was just more, like, for fun, like, because of this. <laughs> and just because of them. Uh, them being Jason and Kevin. Um... So, you know, like, I, I don't really care about, like, learning as much backstory. I just kind of want to know the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, the premise, like, was pretty clear, like, from the beginning. Like, you know, like, when they first did the show, like, oh, it's about Wanda grieving about Vision dying. And, you know, because she has crazy powers that they could pretty much do whatever they want with. She just created an alternate reality where, you know, she's still happy. So, like, that's, like, yeah. all I knew going in. And, you know, the that's recap. That's pretty- coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like pretty much like you know like i saw most of the movies at the very least i saw the ones that wanda was in so like i saw that arc i saw you know I, I if anything like the way the relationship developed almost felt like it came out of nowhere that was always like the part that was like oh i guess everything now mm-hmm. um but you know like you you see the sadness whatever i mean yeah like yeah that was sad when she loses her vision and yeah i guess she the whole time stone thing but anyway um the recap i guess um definitely was like i guess confusing in the sense that it's like oh i would never imagine why like there are (laughs) could be because you're missing i don't know like eight hours of television before it i mean confusing in the i mean uh, confusing is the wrong word it's just more like like oh i guess all this stuff happened but none of it seemed to matter (laughs) that's every tv show (laughs) <laughs> no, like, well, yeah, but but none of it seemed to matter to yeah. like how it ended. Yeah. Like, like I literally felt like I didn't miss much. Like, oh, like I the t- the timestamp where I started was um actually what's funny is that um since we're already in spoiler territory, um when mm-hmm. I got the re- when I was getting the recap, I was seeing like you know like the Bobby Newport's campaign manager like had him wand the pin. Yes, Catherine Hahn, Agatha. Um, sure. Um, and you know she had a pin that like oh. He who controls the runes controls the magic or something. And I'm all like, all right, cool. So there's like an evil witch or something. And then I skipped to, I think it was like 22 or 23. And, you know, like, like oh, I guess like people are trying to break in. Obviously, like the whole illusion's falling apart. And then um, the moment I skipped to was, I guess, when it looked like, I guess Wanda was like about to lose the, the beam battle. Like, oh, she's, like, getting her strength back. And then she's, like, oh, he who controls the runes controls the magic. And I'm, like, oh, it's a callback. Ha-ha. Oh, and... <laughs> <laughs> like, almost immediately. It was, like, perfect timing. And then, uh, you know, she wins. Um, She puts her in her place. And then suddenly, I guess because the show was ending, the the combat zone was um closing in, a la, like, PUBG and Battle Royale. So they had to run to the center so they could try to get, like, the, the winner, winner, chicken dinner. 
and eventually, I never you know, thought about how this was basically a battle royale at the end. That's actually like the <laughs> ending is literally yeah, yeah that's, that's so weird. <laughs> and yeah, you're pretty much like I get like the you get the heartfelt, sentimental like goodbye of like yeah, I know you're not real, kind of, but like this is not goodbye. This is I'll let's say hello later. Yeah. And just from what I've seen from the movies, like I still got like that emotional punch just like from their performances and you know that was still great um yeah i don't know who these kids were the emotional attention to them but it's like Curse. yeah they they, they, they they came and went and yeah so you know she i guess um learned her lesson she's gonna live in the woods now and i yeah, don't know if she learned her lesson now because she because she left with the entire town hating her and her like not even apologizing to that's the town. And I know that part. They, I don't. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That's what I said. They, I, that's what I said. I guess she learned her lesson because she apologized to the daughter of the father's Captain Marvel. Sure. Yeah. Maka. <laughs> and uh, I feel it's more confusing that way. <laughs> and yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, she apologized to her. She's like, yeah, like I messed up. If anything, yeah, what she did. Yeah, I'm surprised if it's gonna go. I'm surprised it's gonna go un. I guess unpunished. Um, well, and, and that's no the consequences. I don't, I don't know if it will. That, I, that's sort of. I mean, the last time she did something like this, we got like the what were they called? The something accords because of the whole no, no, Sokovian. Yeah, 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 accords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, funny um, that she's responsible for two pretty bad things, but and that yeah, I, I was I was satisfied. I was literally, I was literally satisfied with what I saw. Because I guess I didn't get any of that awkward, I guess, first two episode drag that a lot of people were getting. I just got like, just tell me what I need to know. And I, you know, I got that presented in, you know, with the production values that they have. And then it was just over. And I was like, cool. I'm happy. I I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty much I it. I think you <laughs> are embodying the problem with the show. Angel, you are the problem. Uh, it's not, it's not that. People that watched it, the last 20 episodes of the show. No, well, it's 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 not so much. You went into it the same way that someone approaches a Marvel movie. It's just like, all right, there's one takeaway, and then we wait for the sequel or the next movie, and it tells me more. But the show had all these other aspects to it that were in between, and then just kind of dropped. Like for example, you may remember in the ending, Darcy. Um, you may recognize her from Thor, Cat Dennings. She had one line in the entire last episode. And it was driving a truck into the big bad uh, government guy Hayward, and then she's like, oh. "I stopped you," and that was it. And her character is yep. no longer relevant. And then like Jimmy Woo, who's Randall Park, he was um, I mean, well Randall Park, who plays Jimmy, who's Jimmy Woo. That's probably better. Always be my maybe dude. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, um, he like they were doing some stuff with him, kind of subverting like the government plans, even though he's in the government. And then it just kind of ended with him like being in the same place he was at the start, and like every character. Except Wanda didn't really have an arc. So that's why I was saying the Wanda portion was handled really well, I thought. Like I even really liked um that ending where her and, and Vision were saying goodbye. Like I thought that was like, okay, that that's I you know, that had some weight from the entire I mean that's pretty much what I was MCU. hoping to get from the show because Well, mean, you only watched twenty minutes, but those who invested, you know, nine but, hours, they have all these threads they left. Like the whole Pietro thing. We haven't talked about that. Um, so they cast the guy that played Quicksilver in the X-Men movies as a cameo in WandaVision. Um, but he played Quicksilver again. He played her brother Pietro. And they never, you know, it was a stinger for an episode. They kind of alluded, like, who is, is he actually him? Is he not? And it ended up being all for a, basically a TV trope joke. 
Like a lot of people are I, now like, oh, they made a joke where his name's Boner. That was the whole joke. It's just a dude named Ralph Boner. Haha. But there's actually a TV trope reference in that. Boner is from Growing Pains. Not the character, but the name. Growing Pains, which is one of the sitcoms they referenced earlier in the season, uh, the 80s show, which was kind of like the Brady Bunch full house sort of riffing episode, the intro of all the family photos of them growing up is the Growing Pains intro. And then Boner was a character on Growing Pains who came in randomly, lived in their garage, had no purpose there, and was just this weird side character was just there. And then just, that was it. He was gone. Like, it was completely worthless. And like, tons of sitcoms have that character they introduce later on just to throw a wrench in the, in the, dynamic and he's just kind of there like you know there's uncle jesse that does that in one show and like there's a bunch of different people that are that kind of character so i think boner while it was messing with the fans as he quicksilver was actually just a tv trope that they sort of weaved into the story because like literally the character boner is that in growing pains but you know they set up like it's gonna be something bigger i do love that they sort of trolled the fans with that yeah um I, I was yeah. I was really into the idea of like, huh, this is how they're bringing, uh, you know, not necessarily the Fox X Men universe into the MCU, but mm-hmm. maybe a character or two from here. Like, oh, maybe maybe now Deadpool being in the MCU is going to make a little bit more sense. And I yeah. do love the fact that they just dropped it just like that. It was like, oh, this guy's just an actor, and, and it's it, funny because like... makes sense for the quote unquote recast. Like everything in, makes sense mm-hmm. now in context, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, what, what, I love that what, they were just. Oh yeah, and I, and I, think... I love that. I love that they did that, but at the same time, it did make the episode feel a little bit safe. Yes, I I agree, and I think I think there's something interesting going on here where we're talking. You know, we talk about the TV tropes they do, the Marvel tropes they're falling back on. I feel like there's like a meta game almost where like the show was toying with what expectations from a Marvel thing or a typical TV show are, because like Boner, you know. uh Pietro or Fietro, as uh, Agatha calls him at one point, um, was, you know, kind of toying with fan expectations. And then the way that Elizabeth Olsen and um, Paul what, – what what's his last name again? Oh, I'll get it wrong. Rudd? Yeah. The way he – yeah, no, not Rudd. But the way, the way they both were doing interviews during the show, like, oh, there's going to be this huge cameo. Like, you have no idea. And they were, like, saying expectations of, like, falling into, like, a typical, you know, like, what well, a show does. I mean, she was saying early on, there's a cameo you'll never expect. It ended up being Pietro. Uh, he was saying, oh, there's sense. this great actor I'd love to work with. I've always wanted to work with. He's going to be in the finale. It's going to be so good. You'll love it. He was talking about himself. It was a Which joke. I also love. I've, yeah. And I've, the fact is, Bob like, is, a, is a joy. I love oh, him. yeah. He's, he's, he's always entertaining when he does interviews. Yeah. But, um, so entertaining. I don't even know how to say his last name. But, uh, yeah. And there's this whole, like, so there's this whole bubble of, like, or not bubble, but like this whole, separate conversation happening of what like fans thought the show was gonna be because you know they were bringing in x-men and there was all these teases and this and the next thing and like i feel like most because there's been a lot of disappointment online and i feel like a lot of it where people went wild with fan theories and went super like oh "Oh, well this is gonna be the kickoff of all of phase four even though no way it was originally falcon and winter soldier was gonna come first and then wandavision but they flipped them due to covid and production issues so now Falcon Winter Soldier, which was the kickoff of Phase 4, is actually the second one. So there's no way anything WandaVision did was going to be like the kickoff. But people were expecting these huge things. There were rumors of like Fantastic Four being involved and X-Men and, you know, this yeah, and the Fantastic next Fantastic Four one never made sense to me at it, all. Me neither. But like it, 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 it was out there. And like people were It's like Monica be- says like, oh, I got a friend. And people were like, oh, she's got to be talking about uh, uh, 
Reed Richards or Richard Reed. Yeah, which is like, why does she have to be talking about that? This phase. Yeah. And even if she did say that, why would it be in the show? That's the thing is like the, narr- the, like the narrative of what the show sh- was, quote unquote, got ahead of what the show actually is, which is like, as you put a character study of Wanda. So like all the people are like, well, that was such a letdown. Like nothing happened. It's like, nah, it's about right. Like Angel is someone who came in only, you know, passively watching Marvel and knowing kind of what l- to expect from a Marvel story. You got exactly what any Marvel story gives you. And then they had the tease at the end, you know, she's in the woods, but they're playing a kind of slowed down Doctor Strange theme, which is okay. It'll tie into the next Doctor Strange movie with the multiverse. Like they, they did exactly what a normal Marvel movie would do. The only difference is because it's stretched out over a whole show, the loose ends that normally in a movie, it's like, okay, whatever. It's just a side character felt more dropped to me in the show because there was so much more time spent on those threads that went nowhere. And that's my only real concern, complaint, whatever you want to call it, is like it didn't – like it was following the beats. It just – because it was stretched out, like the pacing and everything made it seem kind of weirder, you know? Monica got <laughs> shafted in this last episode so bad. I hated that so much. She was probably my favorite character of the show. And to see her just pretty much not do anything uh, yeah. was really disappointing. I know they're and setting gets- her up for Captain Marvel 2 or uh, Secret Invasion. Yeah, I think but, they're setting her up for Secret like, Invasion. Come on. Yeah. Do something better with her if you're yeah, going to build yeah. her up this entire time. Especially because, like, there's a really interesting idea of, like, so Wanda's, like, how you handle grief poorly and Monica is, like, how you handle grief correctly because she finds out right at the start, you know, um, about her mom because she was – I'm trying to remember. Was she – she was in the snaps when she came back. She was, was Yeah, gone, she right? was blipped. Yeah. So, like, they kind of, like, set that up, like, that guy Kami, which I think is why Monica almost, like, gave Wanda a free pass on, like – kidnapping a town which was weird but like she's literally like they'll understand your sacrifice i don't i don't know like you gave up your fake husband and your two kids and all these town folks had to live with your nightmares and couldn't see any of their families and we're like what's the ptsd from that gonna look like for them like the i don't know but anyway i think that's why monk gave a free pass but they never really explored monica's grief beyond like that initial scene so it's like, oh, she just handles it well. Don't worry about it. But here's eight episodes of how to not handle it well. And then they're supposedly sure. on equal footing. And that just felt kind of weird. Angel, if there is a scene that you should see, it's the scene of Monica coming back from the uh, from the uh, blip, from the snap. Yeah, probably, I thought that was Probably cool. the best scene in the, uh, in the series. I, I, well, I love that scene because Far From Home does it the comedic way. And this one does it in such a much more realistic Mm-hmm. Almost terrifying way, like you see it from the other the other lens. Which what episode is, is that? Awesome. On? I think it's the first episode four. Or no, I right? Believe. It's the fourth. That's right. The first was entirely yeah. in the. I mean, show. I ended up. I mean, I ended up subscribing for a month of Disney Plus, so <laughs> I don't mind like checking out something. But you're probably wondering, wait, so if you are paying six ninety nine for a month of it, why not just watch the whole episode? Well, let me ask. You're a psychopath. Then. Well, Jason, you pay 60 bucks for a game. Why not beat a whole game? Okay. Well, why are you taking shots at me? I wasn't criticizing. <laughs> That's a really good point. You... No, no. It's just a point <laughs> I know, in general. I know, like, I know. You know, I feel like that applies to many people. Like, well, the difference is I don't jump to the end game. I start at the beginning and don't make my way through. Well, the that's the thing. Like, beginning, like, if you don't care that much about a franchise, um, the beginning is going to be very probably, it's going to feel slower and less interesting. Like, since I kind of just want to have a overall understanding of what's going on or you know like the spark notes equivalent like skipping to the end makes more sense in my head and so far it's worked out well because i mean i don't necessarily care that much about star wars like every once in a while i 
I'm kind of like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, I just want to, I just want to know about it, but I don't really care to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so watching the final episode of the Mandalorian of that season so far, at least, um, I don't know. I I was very satisfied with what I saw. Like, I got the kind of action I wanted overall. Like, I saw how the story ended. It was like cool. Like, I yeah. Like, I'm satisfied without having to invest all that other time. Which I know if I was a big fan, I would have obviously enjoyed a lot more. Kind of like this one. Like, it sounds like I because I'm more disconnected from this franchise. I obviously and yeah. Like, I didn't get the lows that other people got. But, you know, I also didn't get all that other nuance stuff that you also pointed out. Right, Which right. does kind of bring me to, like, kind of a side thing that it's just kind of unfortunate with, like, the unfortunate nature of these kinds of shows that are just, like, adaptations, for lack of a better term. Because, yeah, like, all those fan theories and stuff, like, it sucks. Like, it literally reminds me of, um, which, you know, didn't even have that long ago. Like, what happened with Star Wars Episode Eight. Because before that movie came out, I also remember there were, like, theories all over the place. Like, there was even, like, that theory that, like, oh, Jar Jar is actually a Sith. And there were some versions of that theory that I don't actually kind of... I not know if anybody was really serious about yeah, that. Yeah, that, that one was a uh, meme, I think. But, <laughs> so, no, you know, no, like... Angel, if you watched the whole thing and knew the true nu- nuance of everything, you would... <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I don't yeah. care to, though. But either way, like, <laughs> I mean, like... Like, I, I, I read a few of these, and, like, there were some that were, like, really fun. Like, I was really hoping the Jar Jar one would be true, just because it just seemed like it'd be really entertaining. But there were, like, a few that people were saying, like, oh, like, this one, like, it's the only one that makes sense, like, because of, like, the way the story is going. If you watched blah, 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 the hints, and they're kind of adapting, like, the story from, like, this book because it's hitting those beats or whatever. And, you know, and then obviously none of that happened. Like, they subverted expectations that they love to say over and over again. And people were saying it's like the worst thing ever. It's like I mean, maybe it was bad on its own. I mean, I but thought it was kind of. Refreshing. I don't know. I liked I mean, it. I I mean, obviously, like I didn't mind it because you know, like I said, like detached from it, so I was able to just watch the movie. I did think the the space Vegas was kind of pointless, but well, that was no different than the cantina or anything like that. Like that was a cantina nod in terms of the plot involving space Vegas, right? That's free. The thingy. Sure. I'll give you that. But like the idea of space Vegas made total sense to me. Well, cause the space Vegas thing ended up blowing up in their face, right? Like I remember they went to go get someone in space Vegas to help them, but then that person ended up betraying them. So they were like that. It was like a side quest that ended up not meaning anything in the end. Whereas the cantina one, yeah. or, or I mean, assuming we're thinking about the same thing in the other movie, on the older movies um you know like it's still the main characters like it, the plot is still progressing forward oh yeah no i just meant the setting Finn yeah, and, no, what they did there was weird but the setting uh, yeah, yeah the it was literally a b plot that could have been separated yeah. and they wouldn't lose anything but um but yeah like yeah i don't know it's fan expectations definitely are always gonna go overboard and when people like you know keep feeding into this especially with you know with marvel more than anything like it's it must be really hard for the develop the developers, the writers to um to try to like surprise everybody because you know like you have the hardcore fans that read all the comics, that read all the books, that seen like all this other stuff, and like they're already going to be like, oh, this story is just like this other one, so this is going to happen. Like yeah. we're alluding, and then you have the people that don't really know about it but hear the stuff and will think like, oh, actually that sounds pretty cool and interesting. That's me. I'm the and one that doesn't you know, know the deeper, but hear the theories and go, huh. Yeah, and you hear about these characters, like, oh, I want to see that character. Like, they sound like a new, like, rep- like a new satisfying replacement for Thanos or whatever. 
and mm-hmm. you know you end up just dis- and then people that probably wouldn't have been disappointed if they hadn't been exposed to that side of the culture like yeah they they end up being disappointed but you know like i'm sure they also want that because you know it's marketing like they have everybody talking more people are probably watching it because of these theories oh 100 percent yeah yeah so, and and the, it, the the problem is when the theories then dictate the show or the movie in the yeah, sense an, of it came out so a few weird weeks and interesting ago. Yeah, but it came out a few weeks ago that um, Daisy Ridley said in some interview recently, she was told Ray in Star Wars is a no one for all of the filming of seven and eight, and then when nine rolled around, they're like, "Oh, by the way, spoiler for Episode Nine, I'll wait a beat. You're a Palpatine," and she's like, "Wait, what?" So, um, she like they literally changed her character's path because fan reaction, and then what's even worse is then the fans didn't like that one either. So it's just like you can't win if you're doing adaptations. It's true. Like, fan theories are super fun. We, you know, referenced Mr. Robot towards the start of the episode here. Uh, that was a really fun subreddit to read. Yeah. Because no one really knew because it was all original. And, like, there were all sorts of crazy ideas. And I feel like Mr. Robot, like, you know, people were drawing, like, the the, the, the gif of Charlie Day, the meme of him on the, like, the board with all the strings and the clues. Like, that was the Mr. Robot, like, subreddit. And people were drawing crazy connections. And I feel like somehow, for the most part, the show still exceeded what people expected. So when it's original material, it's easy to use fan theories to your advantage. But you're right, for adaptations, it gets really tricky really fast. Yeah. yeah. Especially uh, if you do a water cooler style thing like WandaVision where they purposely pace it one per week to get people talking. Like if they did an episode dump. Like you don't see this sort of thing with Stranger Things, which I know is original. But I mean you don't see like fan theories as much because they just do like eight at once. And that's like, all right, just theorize about next season, but we're not going to give you much to work with, and that's it. But when it's like something like WandaVision where they're purposely trying to pace it to be the hot topic, and that does build the momentum and does build the marketing and does build the audience, it also means that there's eight opportunities for things to go awry among the fan base, essentially. Yeah, like I don't really want to tell fault. people like, like, oh, don't look at fan theory. Because, you know, like you said, sometimes it's fun to speculate. It's always fun to speculate. Yeah. But then it also gets to that point where... Um, it's like, oh, well, at the end of the day, you have to, when you watch the actual show, you have to, I don't want to tell someone, like, force those other thoughts out of you. Because at the end of the day, like, I mean, if you're disappointed in the story, I don't know, it's like, are you wrong for, I mean, sure, like, you shouldn't be too upset for something not happening that, at the end of the day, maybe wasn't even implied was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then you get a lot of, like, well, in its own bubble, like, it was good for what it was. Which, you know, like, is, they can be true, but I also don't want to tell people, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not allowed to be upset at it or yeah, dislike it yeah. because it didn't meet up your expectation. Because at the end of the day, they are, they're just expectations. I mean, yeah, they and could I, have gone that way, but they didn't. Well, and I think that's why I was saying, you know, at the very top of this, like, I was, I thought they did well with the story of Wanda because sure, the expectation that, oh, it's Fantastic Four at the end or, oh, Pietro's like secretly the X-Men int- like introduction into the MCU. It's like, all right, sure, we can run with those theories and be disappointed if they don't happen if you want to. But like they said, this was a story about Wanda and the Wanda arc itself was good, I thought. So even if they didn't quite pin the landing, like I was saying at the start here, like they the story of wanda i thought was good and all the other stuff was kind of superfluous to that so that's kind of you know what the fan the fans thought the show would be and the disappointment i could come with that versus what like disney or the creators not even disney set out for it to actually be and there's kind of that disconnect there sometimes which can be difficult yeah yeah so yeah things i did like one's new costume's awesome oh yeah yeah 
And uh, I'm that much more interested for Multiverse of Madness, though. Me too. I am very curious about Phase Four now. Like I thought they teased it. Like and and I that, but like, where's what? What's up with White Vision? Where'd he go? What's he doing? Like, I think that's he gets the last he gets her memories and then his what was that? I think that's the last time we saw of him. Honestly, that really? Was Yep. No, because that's how they're going to yep. keep Vision alive in the MCU beyond. I don't think he's going to be in every single movie, but I think he's coming back. There's no way he's – they just dropped him. Like he got her mem- – uh, he got the memories to know what Vision was because he is Vision. And now he's off to go, I don't know, find himself or something. Like where would he go? He has to – he's coming That back. being said, I I do not care about her kids at all. So at the end of one division where she hears her kids, I was like, oh, those kids were – so hokey they were brought in so rushed for obvious reasons i think the kids are a vehicle for some sort of if we're all getting a theory some sort of interdimensional riff or something which then becomes the problem in doctor strange 2 she whether intentional or not whether she means to whether she's actually an an anti-hero or a true hero debatably the way that they kind of brushed off what she did at the town but uh you know whatever it is i think she whatever she's cooking up in that cabin is gonna end up causing problems and that's when dr strange has to come in and either he works with wanda or against wanda to try and resolve it and that's gonna be multiverse madness is my guess but i think that's a safe guess compared to like some of the crazy fan theories like oh well wolverine's gonna step out of there and that's gonna be like Fortnite because there's batman it's like what no it's gonna i think it's it's gonna you know something involving that um and there's theory, there's theories, there's speculation that Sam Raimi actually shot that, that stinger at the end of WandaVision because it was his style of, um, like shaky cam zoom. So they might have uh, actually done that. I can kind of with, see that, I guess. Yeah. So they might, they also made a reference to him on the, uh, marquee of the movie theater at one point. And that, that was the other thing I want to say about WandaVision really quick. They had a lot of cool references. Obviously the TV show stuff, but like, um, you know, the movies on the marquee throughout the series were all like kind of on point. Like at one point they referenced the episode where her kids gain powers. It says the Incredibles on the marquee. Um, and then in this episode, they have Oz, the Great and the Powerful listed. One, they have a Wizard of Oz reference in the episode when Agatha gets hit with the car, but also Sam Raimi directed that and it's transitioning right into Multiverse of Madness next. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in two weeks, Falcon and the Winter Soldier premieres, and I can't wait to hear all the reviews on how, <laughs> oh, this is just standard Marvel stuff. Yeah, Especially I was going to say, what are your expectations? The... Are you looking yeah. forward to it, or are you just expecting it to be just like a six-episode action-packed thing? Or Yeah, I, the the latter, Um, but I'm still looking forward to it. Uh, same and same. <laughs> c- considering the fact that they started off so weird, and then they just played it safe, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, okay, why should I get excited for a TV show that's going to try and get, do something weird. Yeah. What I'm hoping is like, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be pretty by the book. What I'm hoping is Loki, what the Loki series does for Loki to me is what Wanda did for me, which is like Loki. I, I know he has a huge fan following. I know people love him, but I never fully like, he didn't click with me like the same way that Wanda vision. I'm just like, Oh, I guess they're in lo- I guess they're characters. Sure. Like, that's how Loki's always kind of felt to me, even though I know there's the dichotomy with him and Thor, and, you know, it's gone way back. But uh, he's always been kind of just like, ah, okay. So I'm kind of hoping that the Loki show where he's, like, going – I think it's interdimensional. He's, like, doing some sort of, like, crime thriller heist thing. Um, I'm hoping that will make me like him as much as it's turned me around on Wanda and Vision. But that's not till June, so. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. Angel, want to talk to us about uh, Hearthstone and its big upcoming update? 
Yeah, I could briefly chat about that. Like, the last two weeks, um, yeah, I guess that was it. So, another three, I haven't really played any many new things. Um, I mean, outside of, like, the SNK Capcom thing, I've kind of just been going through my my usual gaming motions of just a lot of Hearthstone, a lot of Brawl Stars, and diving a little back into Final Fantasy XIV. Just really want to get through that story so I can start playing with my buddies. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know, I... I I guess, like, what Hearthstone's doing, I just always find it interesting how this game just keeps evolving. Like, just, you know, because it's a free-to-play game, and as a card game as well, like, you know, how do they keep it interesting, and how do they keep, I guess, me of all people, like, you know, continually, he's continuously giving them money when I obviously don't have to at this point. Because, um, I mean, in the beginning, um, kind of like other trading card games, like, they didn't have a rotation set. Every card you got was always usable in the online competitive format. But then over time, they had so many cards in there that they had to do a rotation, kind of like how Magic the Gathering does. I don't think, I mean, it's been like over a decade since I played Yu-Gi-Oh! at this point. But I know they pretty much, you could always use any card from any pack that ever came out, except they had a always, I think a yearly list of cards that they would manually ban or change just so that, you know, the game would stay as balanced as possible. And of course, you know, you have the crazy power creep, which, yeah, definitely kind of makes it impossible to go back to Yu-Gi-Oh! if I ever wanted to. But as far as Hearthstone goes, um, because it's a digital card game, you know, and I definitely love the fact that I don't have to, you know, collect a bunch of bunch of cards. Um, well, at least, you know, space-wise. Um, they did something, I guess, like, they started doing bi-yearly rotations, and I mean bi-yearly as in every two years. But every year you get three new sets. So right now I think we are in the year of the Phoenix, or maybe that was the year before. Um, I forget because there have been so many at this point. But essentially for a whole two years you would have essentially, by the end of it, six packs of about 150 cards each roughly. Plus something called the core set that never changes. That's like around 280 cards or something like that. And those core cards essentially give each class identities. Because in case um, I didn't mention in the past, um, Hearthstone has, besides being a, being a deck building game, that deck building game, you pick between nine different heroes that you want to play as. And each hero has a different play style for the most part. Like, I love to play as the Rogue and the Shaman, because the Rogue has a bunch of just ways to cheat out. Like, I guess I play, just playing a bunch of cards in one turn, usually low-cost cards, usually comboing things together um, with a little combo mechanic. And but the, way, but the one that I love the most is just the Rogue strategy of essentially pulling cards from any class and just randomly getting them, which doesn't sound like the most strategic thing, but... It's really, really fun. The point is, those core cards like have been around for so long that a lot of decks have started becoming, I guess, stale for the most part. Or some just couldn't really, I guess, get that much better because they were just stuck with what they had. And starting next month, we still don't know when, they're actually going to rotate out those 280 cards with completely new ones. Like They are essentially just going to... Well, I guess I shouldn't say completely new ones. But those core cards are going to be changing every single year. So if you manage to collect all 280 of those, 
Like they're gonna rotate out, and you're gonna get. I guess. Well, they said for free. You still don't know exactly what that means. Like whether you're just gonna get a giant wad of like 280 digital cards, or if you have to. I guess you only get the ones you quote unquote unlocked through playing the game. So I may not have all of them, but you know, at least this way they hope to keep the game a lot fresher and you know, kind of revamp those classes that either are getting kind of stale to play against or just kind of needed a buff of some sort just because, you know, the design space was limited with what was already there. Like, they are rotating out a bunch of cards that, I guess, created, I guess, what people called Exodia combos, which, you know, if you played Yu-Gi-Oh!, you get these five cards in your hand and you literally automatically win the game and there's nothing your opponent can do. Like, there was equivalents like that. If you had those cards in your hand, you play the combo and it's an automatic win. So it does make me more excited for what's to come. And just when I thought I was getting like closer to, I guess, retiring Hearthstone, um, just because I felt like, oh, I'm going to try to get to Legend in a few months and that will be my equivalent of making the credits roll. Because for a free-to-play game, there's, I don't know, I just love the model. Like It's so easy for someone to get in and slowly build up like a card collection and yeah it'll take a while like it might i mean this might be too long for many people but it'll take about a year of like card collecting especially if you just focus on one class instead of all nine it might even take way much much less um you'll pretty much have everything you need at that point and you'll never need to like purchase any packs with actual money I only do just because I just like to support the game because I just have a lot of fun with it. And I play with my brother-in-law a lot. And yeah, we have a ton of fun just like even ch- chatting and checking out the updates. But now that they're rotating this out and, you know, bringing back really old cards, updating some other ones, creating some other brand new ones. I don't know. I, I, don't know, I wish more free-to-play games had models like this um, that weren't just waiting because I feel like waiting is one of the more popular free free to play mechanics, but yeah, this and Brawl Stars, I mean, which also just got like a battle pass not too long ago. That I also feel the completely fair, just because you only get cosmetics from it or just a few more bonuses, but everything else on the track that you'd get for not paying is still very valuable to progress. And there's so much game you could play for free as well. I mean, I don't remember how. Genshin Impact was as far as its monetization or how much you can progress because I think you mentioned that's like a single player game. But no, you know, it, these it's, are... it's multiplayer. You you can oh. also play multiplayer in that game. Uh, but oh. yeah, that is one game where you have to wait uh, to refill your. I forget what it was called, but it was essentially this currency that you would have to wait to play. Oh, it was like you would go through dungeons and, or to play those dungeons, you had to add some sort of like. I think it was called like bright dust or something like that, but you only had a limited amount of bright dust, so you could only grind so much in that game. Which I think they're they either set out to fix or they finally fixed. I'm not too sure. I haven't played Genshin in months at this point. Yeah, yeah, because like I guess like for that reason, many games have like you know different currency, like you know the stuff you could like exhaust in a day, and then most people will feel like, oh, I don't want to play it anymore until. I can, I guess, get more of this exhaustible currency. And Hearthstone kind of has that, but not really. Like, essentially, if you have all the cards you need for your perfect deck, quote-unquote, you can just play competitively in the ladder to your heart's content, and there's no... You're never going to hit a wall. 
like the only wall you might ever hit potentially is if you're trying to collect more coins so that you could buy packs from the shop. But since typically the best strategy is to never spend any coins on packs until the first day that a new expansion comes out. So like next month, I've been saving up all these coins that I'm going to spend on this new expansion. And I literally have enough coins to get 90 plus packs for free. And to give an idea, 80 packs would probably cost you around like 60 bucks. So, and with that many packs, I'm literally going to be able to get every single card I need. And if I don't get the card I need, I could disenchant, which is what the, what you call like sending it back to the game to get, you know, GameStop exchange levels of currency that you could use to craft any card you want, no matter what it is, as long as you have enough of that dust. Which I think is on a, I guess one forces value. So, but you know, you get so many cards from packs that you'll have more than enough to craft. You know, the high, the hardest to get cards and whatnot. And same thing with All Stars. Like with Brawl Stars, there's like a currency that runs out. Like every time you play a game, whether you win or lose, you get star tokens, which you use to, you know, like open up little boxes. But well, actually, no, they don't do that anymore. Now it's just um. You get experience points that move you along a track so you could open up little boxes to get more rewards and stuff. But if you just want to play the game, there's like literally nothing stopping you. And every time you do win, you get trophies, which you get endlessly. Like there's no limit to how many trophies you can get as long as you keep winning. And those also give you a bunch of rewards for constantly winning. So I don't know. I, I like, I guess for lack of a... as. It's a double-edged sword. As much as I love this mechanic, it also makes them incredibly hard to put down sometimes. And I don't mean like I'll play for five hours nonstop. I definitely don't do that. At least I haven't for... You mean 25 hours like, nonstop. At least for like the last two or three years, um, I feel like I've been good about just stopping at, at maybe an hour max. But I mean that I'll probably play this instead of some other games. Like It kind of falls into the Smash Brothers situation. Like, those two, Hearthstone, Brawl Stars, and Smash Brothers, have pretty much been responsible for, I guess, my slowly growing backlog. And it sucks, because I want to get back to those games. I want to finish Dragon Quest XI, but it's just so much easier to make progress in Brawl Stars or Hearthstone. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you want to feel like you're making progress, and you are. But the other ones have, like, a finite story that I want to complete, but I just can't get to them. But... I know, like, everyone has, like, their own, like, incredibly long backlog of games, but I feel like there's, I don't know how many, I don't know how this applies to you guys, but I would maybe say of, like, the, no, it's probably not that many. We'll say, like, 10 plus games that I have that I started and didn't beat. I only really care about, like, three of them that I actually really want to beat. The other ones, you know, they could stay in the shelf forever. And if I get to them, cool, if not. That's fine. But there are those three games that I, I at some point just want to schedule into my, you know, to my gaming time. Like, I mean, especially for you, Jason, like, are there any games that you actually want to go back and play? Or are you literally like, or is it actually a hard stop when the new next game comes out and it goes on your Switch and it, you put the other one on the shelf? It's none of it's conscience, conscious. It's not like a new game comes out and I go, well, time to retire this one. They just kind of fade away. Oh, yeah. But that's like, but do you ever go like, oh, I do want to go back and play that, or you just don't have that thought? I, it depends. 
Um, like I don't Odyssey, think there's very many. Like, I don't think there's very many. Because you were glowing about Odyssey, you were enjoying it, and then yes, 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 like, yes. And I got far by my standards in Odyssey, but I think there is some sort of. I, for better or worse, live very much in like the moment of stuff. You know, like I less so now because of the pandemic and everything slowing down production. Like I've been watching older stuff, but very much there was a period there where I'd be like, "Oh, did I miss the boat on X? Okay." and just move on with my life it's weird like i like having things when they're like part of the moment so to speak so odyssey i was super into in the moment of odyssey and i continued being into it for a while but the idea of going back to it now versus maybe you know like i'm going to 3d world with mario 3d world mm-hmm. with a friend online like the idea of like oh well i played you know i played the friend online i, I could push that aside for a while and do odyssey it's like well no odyssey was like three years ago this is the one now which isn't a knock against the game or a lack of desire to finish that story it's just like i'm still like in the moment i don't really know how to describe it there are and like even you know tetris 99 is my one i always go back to i mean honestly, but i go back sounds... to it whenever there's a new event in the game that lets me complete my goal of wanting to you know do all the um all the honestly, all the like, maximus because in a way like you have both no backlog but the so many but, yeah. but, but so many like experiences that you could like because I know, like, you know, like, for a fact, I mean, I know for a fact because I've beaten, like, all these games that I'm thinking of right now. Like, all these experiences that I know, like, if you went through them, you'll have, like, those, like, oh, my God, that was such oh, a great course. game. But, of course. Yeah. But, but you know, like, because of, like, the way you operate, like, it's also great because you don't have that, I guess, anxiety that, like, oh, man, I have to go back and be, you know, you're very of the yeah. moment, which is it's yeah, cool. Which it's is weird because usually I like plan things and plot things a bit more. But so it's weird that like when it comes to like how I consume it is of the moment. And like I'm a like I'm that guy that like, oh, I want to watch a show if it's on linear TV, you know, like old school television. If if, if I want to watch a show and I want to be on top of a show, I will watch it when it airs. I can't wait a day. I can't wait two days. I need to watch it when it airs or within like, you know, if I'm DVRing it, have it catch up. So by the time it's done airing, I'm done watching too, but I skip the ads or whatever. Like I'm so like of that moment that I can't easily super happy that you're actually, you know, that you're going through with ring fit adventure, like playing it every yeah. single day. So well, that one, but that one's kind of become a moment. Like, I guess a more personal one, but it's like, you know, we're going, it's different. You yeah, that, me are doing different. it. Me and my girlfriend are doing it. Like we're, it's kind of like, there's like, it's happening in tandem. Same with Splatoon. Like we're really into Splatoon now. And I'm really into Splatoon now again, as we were talking about, yeah. you know, around really that last week, the, because collectively it's like a more personal moment. So yeah, like the single of, of our group. So like the single player games, I feel like when the, I hate to say it this way, but when the zeitgeist fully moves on, I sort of go with it, which is weird. Like if honestly, if Odyssey came out with like an Isle Delfino world as DLC or something, I would jump right back in. No question asked. I would love to do that. But, like, it's just something about, I don't know, there's, like, because, I think it's because there's just so much content to consume, which I know is something we talked about in the early days of QC. Like, there's just so much. And now, you know, even more streaming services and even more, like, Paramount Plus just launched the other day. Like, there's just so much stuff that I, I just seem to prefer living more in the current moment than trying to catch up with the past moment. I mean, which definitely a way to have less baggage. Yeah. But, yeah, um... it, makes, it makes it pretty linear. It also makes me wonder... <laughs> how many thousands of dollars of content i have not consumed because you know i play x amount of a game and then move on hey, but hey you but you supported it so i mean it's they're still gonna make more yeah and if my money got me the isle delfino dlc like if i was the the tipping point on their sales chart like ah there's those extra 60 bucks we hit the threshold awesome and if not well yeah. you know the devs still get paid so it's cool i feel like i've come full circle to like you know at least like appreciating 
people like you that do that. Not because it's like, you know, we want people like, oh, we want more. We want this game to come out, get the support it needs. But, you know, not everyone has to beat the whole thing. Like, because the people that beat it and are excited about the sequel that it gets because a lot of people supported it are going to get that. And the ones that are just buying it because it's just what they do or how they do then. And, and if you want to be snarky about it. There is one major advantage to not beating my games, which is when Nintendo then re-releases them. I don't fall into the doldrums that you have, Angel, where it's like, all right, 100% oh, of this. I yeah. want to pay 60 bucks for three more hours of content. I'd be yeah, like, cause like, I paid 60 bucks for, you know, however much, I'll do it again. <laughs> so yeah, I can guarantee you, if I didn't beat any of those games, I would have double-dipped, but yeah. What about it, you, Kevin, What's though? funny, like, do though... Do you care about your backlog? Oh, sorry. Well, Oh, I was just going to say real quick for you. I just said what's funny about that, though, is I do have in my head some weird threshold of it needs to be X amount of new content. Like, I did not buy Pikmin 3 Deluxe, but I bought Mario and, you know, 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I didn't buy, like, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. I probably won't buy Skyward Sword HD, but, like, I have New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe because, you know, it has some more multiplayer accessible stuff so I can play with my girlfriend. Like, it's just funny how, like... You know, it's very haphazard how I go about double dipping. So I'm not even consistent there. But anyway, you were going to ask Kevin, I think, the same question. No, yeah. No, yeah, like, do you actually care about your backlog? I'm sure you have obscene amounts of games on your oh, Steam account. Oh, God. But, well, like, yeah. do, you, do you actually plan on going back on any of them at some point? I don't no, know. No, I have... But what's your take? It looks like I have 200 and... No. Uh, 207 games in my Steam library that are uninstalled games that... Yeah, and most of these are from like uh, humble bundles where you know you pay twenty bucks and you get like fifty games. Um, yeah. But as far as games that I start, I usually uh, end them. So I, my backlog isn't that huge. like right now. My backlog really just consists of Persona Five Strikers, and that's pretty much. I I oh. as much as I love first uh, or like story games, uh, narrative driven games. I find myself playing more games as a service nowadays because I can jump into one really quickly, jump out of it and then go to another game like that. So like right now, the games that I'm playing, it's like final fantasy 14, which is game as a service, uh, overwatch game as a service, Valorant, which is my new addiction. Also game as a service, apex legends, another one. Um, (laughs) and really the only narrative focus game that I'm playing are, the only single-player game that I'm playing is Persona 5 Strikers, and I don't really have that much of a backlog. There are games that I do want to get to, um, like in my Steam library, but I don't know. I just It's much easier to just play these games that I already have installed, if like that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I would love to get to Resident Evil 2 at some point, the, uh, the remake, mm-hmm. but carving out some time for that game, considering that I have all those games that I listed... And then I still have the games that, like, I play with, with uh, you know, your brother and, like, uh, a couple of other friends, like Phasmophobia or Deep Rock Galactic. It's hard to slot in more than just one game, one, like, personal game, you know, that I play yeah. off stream and just play for myself. So will it make um, time for Final Fantasy Remake kind of hard? Or, wait, have you beaten it? Are you waiting Final for Final Fantasy Remake? Rel- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I That game was... That that was one of those games where I, I can usually only have one. I I'm, I'm gonna say personal game as like a single player game that I just mm-hmm. play for myself. Uh, I really only ever have time for one of those at any given time. That happens to be Persona Five Strikers right now, but it was Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Seven Remake when that came out. 
and like I know upcoming uh there's there's like a bunch of other games that I would love which like Disco Elysium I would love to play um but I want to play that sooner than later but I'm still you know in this hole of I got six other games service games and Persona 5 Strikers when am I ever going to make the time for Disco Elysium I there was there was a point where I think I just had started PC gaming and I was just buying everything just everything um and yeah. I got better at it but then I still find myself buying like Dragon Quest 11 I'm never going to get to this game ever in my entire life and I'm probably never ever going to beat it because it's a, it's a JRPG that's easily like a good 100 hours before I see the the credits so yeah uh, as far as backlog yeah I just I just keep it to one game at this point so then how do you treat those games like I mean I'm sure you when you yeah, when you beat Persona 5 it was like base Persona 5 so like did you play and beat Persona 5 Royale like are you gonna get the play Final Fantasy so Final Fantasy remake again on like PlayStation 5 with the redux <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> So yeah, or, so are just gonna Persona buy them and that's it. Persona or, Five Royal, I didn't beat. I think I got to the second dungeon because most of the content was still been there, done that by that time, and and then I just never played my unplugged like my PS4. I do want to get Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PS5 just because of that uh, sixty frame a second mode, which that game already looked beautiful and with sixty frames, I oh man. I, That'd be not, awesome. not for I the new content for, for 60 frames uh well the new content you still do have to pay for like it's not oh, it just okay. doesn't come free i thought it came with the upgrade interesting no 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 no. if you bought final fantasy 7 remake on ps4 you get the upgrade for free but um you don't get the extra content gotcha. and the extra content is only available on ps5 gotcha hmm. that Pretty much all i got on my backlog that nothing I, I'm yeah. I'm fortunate enough to like not have all these games that I want to play. Well, no, I do have all these games that I want to play, but yeah, but you're I'm, not being held back by them, or you're not letting it. I guess I'm not you. letting it stack, like stack. I guess mm-hmm. I was gonna say that's yeah. interesting though. That like so they come out with new content for uh, Final Fantasy VII, but you're going back because you want it to look pretty by experiencing the same thing. Like for me, it'd be like the toll or not look pretty, but run smoother and look prettier. For me, it'd be like the toll offset because like I'll go. You know, if Smash got some sort of graphical... Like, let's say a Switch Pro happens, right? 4K Switch. Um, we'll talk about it next episode. It's looking like it's happening. But, um, you know, there goes... Let's say up-res Smash. Will I start playing Smash more because they up it? Probably not. But if they release... You know, when they release Pyra and Mirtha the other day, yeah, I'm going to jump back in and try them out. When they, you know, do DLC, I'll be right there. But if it's just like, oh, it's the same thing that you already kind of did, but it's nicer now in different ways. Like, for me, that... Like there needs to be some, again. It's weird because I need like an event or some some sort of like monumental thing. Yeah. I can't just go back. Like it's such an interesting contrast of like where you're at and where I'm at. Yeah. One thing that at least um I did change going forward um because I was having a chat with my brother a little while ago. Um, actually, it was probably a little more than a little while ago, but uh it was actually around the time that Last of Us Two came out because I remember rushing through that game because. I felt that if I didn't beat it in that weekend, I probably would take me way longer to beat it because of other games that I was playing that were single. Because I usually have a lot of single-player games that I'm playing at the same time, which is why they fall behind because, you know, I'm also playing, like, these other multiplayer things, like the ones I already mentioned. But then my brother, like, he just kept asking me, like, wait, like, like, what's the rush? Like, well, I won't get to it. It's like, well, like, who cares, like, if it takes, like, 
like why can't it take like you know a year or two or even like when i get to the other ones like i don't know i guess it made me realize that there was no i don't know why i was acting as if there was some sort of deadline i mean i guess outside of death because you know our time in this world is limited and all that stuff um of course yeah because like i i obviously like not worried about the it being in the zeitgeist like jason like i'll play through the game i'll I revisit so many games. That's probably the one that hurts me the most. Like outside of these multiplayer games, like I can't tell you how many times I've replayed and beat Rhythm Heaven or, you know, like some other like, like a Super Nintendo or N64 era games instead of, you know, playing a new one. But I guess I've come to just be happy with a pace, like just choosing a pace and just sticking with it and just not worrying about when it's going to happen. But like I do plan on eventually beating Bayonetta one and two, like I do plan on finishing Dragon Quest. I do plan on going back on playing, um, freaking the sequel to Nine 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 and the third one, Virtue. Well, I think the second one's Virtue Left Reward, and the third one I forgot what the name is. Because I mean, I have them both. They're just kind of waiting there, like literally. Zero time dilemma. Yeah, zero time dilemma. Because like I love those kind of games. Like I have to play them. It took me I don't know how many years to get to. Laden versus Phoenix, but I did, and I am so happy I did because I love that game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it'll take longer, but I guess that means I'll have plenty of random games to talk about. Be it here, if it's not Nintendo or at random Nintendo when I do beat them. You know, to to your be... point about like being glad you play games later on, like to be fair, there are exceptions to my rule. Like when I discover wait, play games uh, that are what? Like playing games later on. Um, mm. like to be fair, there are exceptions. Like, granted, it is because I saw a tweet that the game was on sale, but there was that one. Wow, I just completely blanked out on the name. Um, you played it too, Angel. Family house, narrative driven, mini games for each family member. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Heck, family house? No, it's like a. Ha- you're Full going house? to visit your. <laughs> yes, no, you're going to visit the home of your deceased family, first person. Mostly narrative driven. Oh, freaking Edith Finch. Edith Thank Finch. you, Edith yeah, Finch. Yeah, yeah. I keep wanting to say Ober Dim, but that's the <laughs> Game Boy camera looking boat game. No, uh, yeah, Edith Finch. Like, that was one. I heard it was good. It was like three years after release. It was like four right. bucks by mistake, and I loved it so much. And now I'm like super attentive to Anna Pirna, uh, Perna's publishing things because, you know, the next thing they did that I played was Sinar Wild Hearts, which I did play when it came out, and I loved it. So now, like, I've discovered a whole thing through an Wait, old Wait, so that game. was them as well? Uh, they published them both, yeah. Oh, um, published dirt. Okay. And now they have one coming out on Xbox exclusively at the moment called like Twelve Minutes or something, which looks real. It's like a Groundhog Day murder mystery top down thing. It looks so cool. Like I'm so into them now, but oh. it's all, only through like some circumstantial. I saw a tweet, so there are exceptions to you know my I have to do the thing that's like in the moment. But um, yeah, I just thought I'd say it because you're making a point yeah. about how you'll go back and scar something later, and yeah, that, that's happened for me too. To be fair, I'm not that yeah. in the moment. Which, you know, also made me less, I guess, anxious about trying to get through the, my Tales backlog. Because I'm playing those with my brother, but our schedules don't always align. Like, we'll maybe play, like, an hour or two every other week. And it's a Tales of game, so those are, like, 40-plus hours each. And currently, right now, like, we're going through Tales of Zillia. We already have Tales of Zestaria on the PS4. We have... Tales of Vesperia also on the PS4. We have Tales of Vesteria also on the PS4 that are just waiting. And yeah, it took forever, but at least we're tr- at least we're trying to play those a little more consistent. The other one that's going to throw a wrench into things soon is going to be Monster Hunter. Because that one, you do kind of have to play 
around the time it comes out, I can't just like put it in the back and get to it when I get to it, just because those games are much better with other people. And, you know, you can't expect everyone to be doing Blood that as well. So, yeah. And I mean, you all, need to, your levels with... all need to rise in tandem. Is that what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. Because yeah. Monster Hunter to... rise. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, see we, 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 we get it. We, we get yep. it. Um, okay. Bye. Yeah. Because I haven't seen Monster Hunter World. I didn't get to, by the time I played it, you know, which was like, oh, I'll get to when I get to it. It was like a year and a half later. Everyone that I was, that I would have liked to play with already beat it. And they didn't really want to like go back to the beginning somewhere, but it was like, yeah, it was at that point. Yeah. Kind of like a lost cause. And I probably won't get back to that game. I might just play the campaign and that's it. And just not grind or beat every monster. So you mean you need but, your levels to uh, go up with everyone else in the world at that time? Yeah. Cause monster hunter world. Uh, I can do this with every yeah. title. I don't know how I make three ultimate work, but try me. Monster hunter. Try. You had to try to level up everyone, with everyone else. I'm trying no, to... no. Did you try to come up with yeah with TRI? Anyway. Yeah, you have to try to level uh, up with everyone in tandem, or else you're falling behind. Easy. So yeah. To try. So yeah, I just said, um, curious what like how many other variations of this like quote unquote backlog dilemma or lack thereof in many people's cases. Like, I wonder if I'm a I'm more in the, I guess, minority, majority, or... I think you're a majority, truthfully. There's so many things online and jokes and cons about giant backlogs, and, you know, any. I think anyone with a Steam account has... I mean, Kevin, I think, is the exception, but most people with Steam account probably have a huge backlog. You know, anytime you buy a Humble Bundle, you have an instant backlog, as Kevin was saying. So... Yeah, but it's just how you prioritize yeah. it. Yeah. It's just the intent. I guess like how many games you have the intent of having wanted to play. I'm trying to figure out oh, yeah. when I switched over to how I currently consume games. Because when I was a kid, I would play, you know, the same. St- I beat Star Fox 64 like so many. I, I know it's a short game, but I beat it so many times, like double digit times. Same with Yoshi's Story, and I, you know, I got really far in, in Banjo Kazooie. I got. Mm-hmm. I, I would have beaten. Roll the credits I, in an hour. I would have beaten Banjo Kazooie if I didn't accidentally delete my save file right before I got to Grunty and was too mad about it to go oh, back and do it all. Again. Those are the worst. Okay, it was so confusing because I, I was like sitting there, I'm like, yeah, let's play. And I was like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm sure I want to play. Yeah. And I was like, okay, deleted. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> but, but, um, and I, you know what I think it was? I think it's why I started following the Nintendo, um, news cycle a bit more. Like as I started to con- read Nintendo Power more and as I started to go on the forums more and as I started to like look towards what's next more than what I have now. That's when it became more like fleeting, more ephemeral, more like I play it in the moment and it's gone type of thing. So really mm-hmm. what I'm saying is I blame my passion for Nintendo for preventing me from truly experiencing my passion for Nintendo. Damn. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, unless uh, we got anything more to talk about. A new trailer for Tales of Arise is coming out soon? Jesus. It already well, came out. I, I, God damn it. When, 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 you were, when you were talking about it, I was like, wait, should I mention this or – no. Well, Real time yeah. breaking news. Well, like I, I said, I'll, I I'll get to it when I get to it. I don't think that game is going to be multiplayer though. Uh-oh. So, so something about the that uh, combat system doesn't. Uh, I don't think it will probably. Tra- or maybe it it has. And I always get this dude to rock in this. I think is like two main characters. Did you say? Okay, this was episode 21 of Quarantine Chronicles. 
We just harmonized yes. our uhs. That was pretty good. Or almost harmonized. No. Well, I know there's still that Switch one that's eventually coming out, if it ever is. There's yeah. a Switch one? I remember they announced like a Tales of thing that they were going to do an exclusive one for the Switch. It was just like a passing, like, yeah, we're going to yeah, make it was, one for it was Switch. Really just a Thumbs statement. up. Yeah. And Which, then... you know, yeah, could have been. Well, Bandai Namco is introducing their own version of Nintendo Directs called Bandai Namco Next. Uh, it was trademarked the other week. So maybe it'll show up in the first one of those because they got, they got to have enough announcements to fill one of those, right? So maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. And, uh, Cool. That'll do. That'll wrap up this episode of Quarantine Chronicles. Next week we will have a brand new episode of the Random Nintendo Podcast, where I assume we're going to be talking about Py- Pyra, 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 I think Pyra and her and other Mer- half, whatever Mer- that. Mer- yeah, uh, we're going to talk about yeah. that. We have Apex Legends on Switch. Um, we have probably other things, and also it's our 250th episode. That's a milestone, so that means a giveaway. Well, I'm gonna say giveaway. So if you like eShop cash of certain quantities, you may want and to tune in. I believe the next episode of Quarantine Chronicles Ah, oh, the Snyder Cut's gonna be out. Oh man. So, oh man. I think Four that hours might be of I think that might be an episode by itself. Actually to to, to be fair, Kevin, I think it's in two let me check. Is it next episode? Is the Snyder Cut out like that weekend? Oh, it's out that Thursday, and we record that Saturday and put it up that Sunday. I'm going to be binging some Snyder, I guess, next week or two weeks. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Time to take some time off from work so I could pick up, watch Snyder Cut on loop and pick apart every little detail. (laughs) Yep. So uh, follow us on YouTube. We are RenNintendo.com on there. Uh, Follow us on your favorite podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts. Amazon still doesn't do, – is our podcast on Amazon? Because I know there's some um, podcasts on You know, there. I'm not sure. They do have a podcasting app. It was uh, invite only at one point. I don't know when they're switching it over uh, or if they already did. I will check. We will eventually okay. be on Amazon. Well, uh, We are <laughs> still on Stitcher, TuneIn, and uh, iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are random, at Random Nintendo on Twitter. Individually, Jason is at JSR7. Angel is uh, at – W-E-I-R-O underscore O. And I am Kevin Gomi. And with that, we will leave Jason with the final word of the episode. Um, I'm really trying to reconcile with being the Ashley Simpson of Nintendo. And I don't know how I feel about that. Thanks.